0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. We talked about the priestly blessing last week and Sim Shalom, and we're going to review that a little bit and put the whole, try to put the whole Amida together. Um, Step back from the trees, look at the forest. I think we'll do that today and then we'll go on to Eloheinitzur next week. <laughs> okay. Poor Michael. Okay. Uh, he's really amazing that he does this. So, um, And um, Larry Herman, who is not with us today um, in class, said to me, that I gave some drosh at the library minion. Can't see it um, but we can hear be you. Be a so Michael, Michael Harris, maybe okay. you want to mute yourself while you guys are talking about no, how that's, to that's do the it. Wi-Fi. Huh? I think I I'm going to mute him. Okay, I took control and muted them. It was a little distracting. So um, Larry Herman said, I gave some Dvartora in the library minion several years ago. Um, sorry. Excuse me for a second. I got distracted. About, um, about, uh, the priestly blessing, which I had, um, no recollection of. And I, then I found it and I sent it to him. And, uh, he said I should share it with the group. So I'm going to share it with the group if I can find it. Give me a moment. Sorry. ODT for not so. I can't find it um anyways anyone have any lingering questions before we're there you may unmute yourself there it is i found it
1: not a lingering question but just a thought that occurred to me as Uh we wrapped up class last week yeah in that we for the first time you pointed out it before between the concept of your face shining in birkat Kohanim. How that's pulled into Sim Shalom, yeah. and tied to Torah, and it connected me to that moment when Mocha comes down the mountain and is shining yes and 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 sort of maybe that's like the moment that we're aspiring to, if like Boshe was when he received
0: Torah, okay, good thought, good, I like that connection. And does anyone know, I'm trying to get you back, I can't see you all, Uh, does anyone know in the ancient world why faces, why they talked about shining faces? What made faces shine in the ancient world? The answer is oil. So people didn't wash all the time. They didn't have showers. They didn't have indoor plumbing. And um, olive oil, as you probably know, in the ancient world was hugely important for all sorts of reasons um, flavoring, et cetera. But one of them was hygiene. And, uh, it's a little counterintuitive. We, we say, you know, in our culture, we go into the bathroom to powder our nose cause your nose is too shiny. Right. Uh, which means your skin's looking a little bit oily, but in the ancient world, people would actually use oil to clean themselves and to, and they would actually oil the face and sometimes we read about... Sometimes there's a synonym. Uh, semi-synonyms are laughing face, yellow face, and shining face um, in ancient Hebrew. Okay? Because uh when you were... When things were... I don't know. You had enough money and you took care of yourself. You would actually oil your face with olive oil. And that's part of the face shining. So it's not just... It's not no. just, it's not just, laughing. hold on a second, Ilana. It's not, yeah. it's not just, it's not just like in English, beaming. It's not just smiling. Um, it's very often people would oil their faces and that would mean that they were well cared for. Uh, Ilana, laughing, yellow, and shining are sometimes used interchangeably. Laughing in the sense of smiling and happy, right? Panim tzokhakot panim chuh boat right um, and panim mi wrote so michael i muted you just cuz you guys were talking about the thing and we we heard you i hope you adjusted your volume uh i'm going to i don't want to waste time you know i, I think i'm going to okay i'm not going to do it um i was going to Figure out how to put that old var Torah in the chat, but I can't figure out, so I'm I'm gonna do it maybe next week. So I don't want to waste time. Okay, so we talked about. Let's go back to. So we talked about the priestly blessing and Sim Shalom, and we said that in ancient times, probably even in temple times before there was such a thing as the full Amidah, the service concluded with the the morning ritual. That's what I should say because it wasn't a synagogue service the way th- we think of it. The morning ritual in the temple concluded with the Kohanim blessing the people and whoever the people were there then departed. And that's probably at the core historically of why we end with Sim Shalom or Amidah because Sim Shalom is actually an expansion of Birkat Kohanim. So rather than Birkat Kohanim is this little added thing in a smaller font, that's the tale and Sim Shalom is the dog. Historically, it's probably the other way around. Birkat Kohanim is the dog, and Sim Shalom is the tail, right? An expansion of Birkat Kohanim was written, and that concluded with Baruch HaTah Hashem, and this was added to the Amidah. We are on page 120, the top half of the page in the Sim Shalom, and page 43 in the Slim Shalom. Okay? So Birkat Kohanim is primary. Um, we lose that both because we don't say Birkat Kohanim in the Amidah when there's no minyan. Plus the printer puts it in in smaller font, which is a printer decision. So you don't accidentally say it when there's no minyan. OK, and that makes it feel to us like Birkat Konim is the added thing, but it's not. It's actually the primary thing. Um, I just want to mention one of my pet peeves. You know, I'm a I'm a cranky guy, so I have just so many of them. But one of them is when we went to Zoom in the Zoom COVID era in lots of the um, liberal schools. And some of the Orthodox, the Orthodox schools that did it in Zoom also that didn't consider it a minion, uh, you know, a full minion, a real, quote unquote, real minion. Um, they, we stopped doing the Amidah aloud, any repetition. And then even in some liberal minyanim that kept doing Baruchu and the Kaddish, in order to shorten, they started doing all the Amidot as a heicha kedusha, which means the Kahal. Starting with the Chazan going through the Amidon, then continuing silently by way of shortening. So one of my pet peeves is one of the things that was lost in that process is hearing Birkat Kohanim, which is a really important part of the service. So if I had my way, which is to say, if they died and left me in charge, uh, then I would say, even when we do that Hecha Kadusha, right? Um, the Chazan, should pause near the end, pick up aloud, and say Eloheinu v Avoteinu and Sim Shalom aloud, so that we could hear Birkat Kohanim. Halachically, you don't do Birkat Kohanim unless there's a minion. So it would have to be a shul that considers their Zoom minion to be a minion. Right? But um and part of the problem now is some of the shuls have gone to the Hecha Kadusha, not having the repetition, the service is shorter. Everyone likes that, uh, and I worry then that in some of the shuls, Birkat Kohanim every day as part of the uh, uh service is kind of going out the window, and it's really important. And I think it's something that people need to focus on, whether or not you believe in, you know, Kohanim's hereditary lineage, etc. Right? Whether or not you, whatever you think of that ancient idea, the idea that there is blessing that we're asking god to bestow on all of us and that someone is reporting and channeling that blessing um uh is nice slash important um and i lament that in some of the services we've lost that um so just that's that's one of my uh one of my pet peeves um any comment on that you don't. you don't have to agree or disagree and if, you don't have to agree or disagree with my peevishness about it i just want to know what what people think about that birkat khanim thing i suppose theoretically you could say you know the chazan will just add it some other part of the service but you know that's kind of the natural part of the service ilana and then joanna yeah. Um, by
1: the way, I'm huge about everything too. Um, if you did what you're suggesting that the chazan would, even with heichal kedusha, would um, uh, do the the anyway, you know, toward the end, would do you think they should then continue and do sim shalom? Yes. Continue to work yes. I it? think
0: if if I if I were in mm-hmm. charge, I would ins- I would respect. I mean in general my bias is to um respect the integrity of the sedur as we have received it as much as possible unless we have some compelling reason not to like we don't say we don't like saying anymore thank you god for not making me a woman and so we just change that or there are certain things like av harachamim you know the prayer before ashrei on most shabbat mornings when we say, Hashem, please kill all our enemies as an act of vengeance, right? So the liberal shuls have said, okay, we really think we shouldn't be saying that, and so we're just deleting that. So I understand um, um, mangling the integrity of the Sidur if one has a compelling ideological reason, but I believe one should respect the integrity of the Sidur structure if one does not have a compelling ideological reason. And so I would have the chazan do Eloheinu v'alei priestly blessing, and sim shalom aloud. It wouldn't make sense to me in terms of the structure of the sudur literarily, to have them only say birkat kohanim, and then be silent again. So I'd have the, you know, the chazan doesn't say Eloheinitzur anyway in the repetition of the amidah, because Eloheinitzur is a personal individual prayer. So I would have the chazan, when we do a heicha Kedusha, pause till it looks like mu- the vast majority of people are done. By the way, halachically, you don't have to wait till everyone is done with the Amida. By the way, halachically, you're not supposed to wait till everyone is done with the Amida. Um, if there's someone who's a really, really slow davener, you're not supposed to wait for them. It's called a tircha de tzibura, a burden on the congregation, meaning you don't burden the vast majority of people because there's one or two people who are super slow, super kavana daveners. So the chazan should wait. Just like we wait now for, you know, Kaddish or Ashrei or whatever, or Hallel, whatever we're doing right after the Amidah, the Chazan should look over their shoulder or look on Zoom. And when it looks like the vast majority of people are done with the Amidah, the Chazan should say Eloheinu ve'lohe and the blessing and seem shalom aloud through Baruch Ata Hashem. Ham varech Bashalom. That's how I would do it.
1: I'm sorry, I missed what you said about Av Harachamim. Where does that occur? That passage? Oh, Av
0: Harachamim on Shabbos morning in Orthodox shuls. It's still in the it's still in the Conservative sidur, and it says we say it like three times a year: the Shabbat before Yom HaShoah and a couple of other times. But Orthodox shuls say it every Shabbat morning.
1: And that's toward the end of the Amidah.
0: It's before Ashrei. Oh, okay. Okay. When you put the Torah back, it's at the end of the Torah service, right before Ashray. Just look in the, in the conservative Sidur on the page or two before Ashray. It's Av Harachamim. Okay. Destroy our enemies as an act of revenge, please, God. Kill them all. That's the, that's the core of Av Harachamim. Um, Joanna.
1: So interesting what you're proposing. I don't know if you saw the comments I put in the chat because when we started the Amida, I believe you outlined a whole bunch of different approaches one could take toward how we recite the Amida. And one of the- And the one you
0: mentioned of the first three brachot aloud and the last three brachot aloud, just so you know, no one actually does that. So one could do that, but I I am unaware of any halakhic uh, position that says that that's how we do it.
1: Oh, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that you can say halakhically, but I've been in two different reconstruction of uh-huh. that follow that shita, that follow that method.
0: On weekdays? On weekdays or on Shabbat? On, on Shabbat. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. um you know, they're clearly not mandated by halakha, so that well, whatever. decision the, may it's be the,
0: It's their halakha. It's their practice. It's their halakha. That's a good Their practice. Right.
1: Um, yeah, so anyway, so I mean, that might be the interesting compromise.
0: Right. Yeah. By the way, it makes more sense to me to do it that way on weekdays, because in weekdays, and this will segue into the overview of the um, Amidah, in weekdays, the middle section of the Amidah is all Bakasha. It's requests, right? So um, it would sort of make sense... I don't know if I'd call it halachically, but literarily to say, we come before the monarch, we assemble together, we come before the monarch, first three blessings are praise. We do that all together. Then we all have our 13 brachot of bakasha request. And then we come together for the last three brachot when we say thank you to the monarch or acknowledgement, right? So that, yes, that would have a certain, um, I don't know, literary slash aesthetic, sense to it so thank you joanne i've never i've never seen it done that way that's interesting yeah it would make sense and one would argue it might make more sense than only doing the last bracha elohim and seem shalom aloud, right i mean the, my suggestion the only reason to do it allowed is really because otherwise we miss out on hearing ourselves get blessed and giving ourselves a chance to say kenny he Right, so to me, over the years, this has become sort of a a more important important part of the of the davening. Like you know, if I'm reading or talking, I try to stop what I'm doing, actually focus on what the chazan is saying, and say at Hiratzon with intent. Okay, so let's step back from a part of the forest. The last three brachot, because we said the last three brachot are. And again, this is the rabbinic terminology in the rabbinic sources. Hoda'ah. Hoda'ah means thanksgiving or acknowledgement. Okay. So how are the last three brachot thanksgiving or acknowledgement? And when we got to Ritsei, we said, Hey, but Ritsei is asking for things. I thought the last section of the Amidah is not supposed to be asking for things. We ask God to receive our prayers and restore the sacrifices, uh, to Jerusalem and, and how, and I thought requests are in the middle part of the Amidah and not in the last part of the Amidah. And the answer to that was, that's given in the sources, that that's only individual requests that should go in the middle part of the Amidah. Communal requests are okay to put in the last part of the Amidah. So we'll actually see that in all three of these brachot, there are, um, uh, I guess not in all three. I guess Modim really doesn't have requests. Modim have any requests? Mm, it doesn't. So we have three brachot of thank you, acknowledgement, number 17, 18, 19. Ritzei, through Baruch HaTashem, Hamachazir, Zion. So I'm on page 41 in the Slim Shalom. Just turn it back a page. And the the second half of 114 in the Sim Shalom. Second half of 114 and 41. And by the way, I know, I know a lot of people have trouble following the literary sense of this section of the Sidur, the last three brachot, because of the various insertions which break it up. So Elohino Velavatino for Rosh Chodesh, right? And, uh, Alhanisim for, um, Hanukkah and Purim and Yom Hatzemaot. And then the priestly blessing. So we have these three things that are written in smaller font that if you're davening individually, and it's not Rosh Chodesh, and it's not mm-hmm. Hanukkah, Purim, maryam Yom Ha'atzma'ut, you have to turn a page and skip. And those things confuse people, okay, in terms of seeing what I will just call the layout. So the layout is blessing number 17 is Ritse, Hashem accept our prayers, and continue to accept our prayers and our sacrifices. And may we all merit to see you come back to Zion. Baruchat Hamachazir So that is, thank you, God, for hearing our prayers, and we hope you continue to hear our prayers and accept our sacrifices in the future, in the Mashiach Zeit when the temple is be rebuilt. That's the sense of that bracha, okay? So it is, thank you for hearing our prayers, and it brings in sacrifice, which then, of course, brings in the future. Joanna, is your hand still up? I don't want to call on you yet. I just want to know if it's up. Okay, I'll get to you. So that's number 17. Number 18 is just, we thank you for all of your amazing miracles. That is modim through... The blessing, Baruch Hatah Hashem, Hatov Shim, right, it's Al-Kulam, Baruch Hatah Hashem, Hatov Shim Ha'ulchanai Elohodot. So from Modim to Baruch Hatah Hashem, Hatov Shim Ha'ulchanai Elohodot, I want everyone to flip the pages, so I want to make sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, from Modim Anach Nulach. Through the bracha Baruch Ata Hashem Hato'oshim Kaluchanay that is all one literary unit. It's one bracha, one halachic unit. Okay, and that is Modim, or the the rabbinic name sometimes is hoda'ah for that blessing. Same name as in the section. So that's just thank you. Then the third bracha is Sim Shalom, or if we're davening in a in a minion. Uh, if the, if you are davening aloud with Hazan, Eloheinu tenu into Sim Shalom. Okay? That's the final bracha. So that is basically, God, you've given us this blessing, continue giving us this blessing, and expansion of Torah, shining face, and Shalom. Again, whatever that means, whatever the interpretation of Shalom is, internal Shalom, External shalom in your community, in the world. So, whatever your interpretation is, that's still the expansion of the Asem shalom at the end of the priestly blessing. Okay. So, we have three brachot that constitute the last section of the Amidah. The last section of the Amidah is called overall Hoda'ah, gratitude. Okay. Um, and there are three brachot. We, so they are. I'm going to now say them again. And I'm going to say them slowly, and I want everyone to flip pages and to see it. Start with Ritzei. Okay? So, Ritzei, Hashem, through, Baruch Hashem, Hamachazir Shinato Litzion. That's, accept our prayers and sacrifices and come back to Zion. That's one blessing. In Rosh, On Rosh Chodesh, or or we stick in Eloheinu because those are days which had a special special sacrifice. That's why we stick it in there. Okay? It's bracha number 17. It's about prayer. Accept our prayers. Um, bracha number 18 is modim. Thank you. Gratitude for all of your miracles. On miracle days... Which is to say miracle commemorations. Which is to say Hanukkah, Purim, and Yom HaAtzmaut. We stick in um, Al Hanisim, or on the High Holidays, Aseret Tshuva, we stick in Uchtov Lachayim Tovim Kol Bnei b'itecha. Those are insertions, okay? Occasional, what's called an occasional insertions. So bracha number two is thank you, and it ends Baruch Ata Hashem. Hatov Shimcha Ulhana Elohot. Your name is beneficence and it is good to thank you. And the final bracha, Eloheinu, Velohey Avoteinu, with the expansion of Sim Shalom, except when you Daven individually and the minion is not Davening aloud, you skip Eloheinu Avoteinu. It's just one of the things you skip like Kedusha and Barchu that you say only with a minion. Okay? And, of course, that bracha has the insertion also of Pesefer Chaim Bracha V'Shalom on High Holidays, right, written in small print. And it starts with Eloheinu V'elei which is made in smaller font to make it look like it's an insertion. But I've argued, tried to argue in this class, it's not an insertion. It's actually the primary thing. All right? So we have three brachot for thank you for accepting prayer and continue accepting our prayers and sacrifices in the future thank you for all of your amazing miracles and you've given us this blessing please continue giving us this blessing of uh shining face and uh grace and torah and peace those are the three brachot and that's how this section of the amidah this closing third but it's it's not uh, it's not a even third in terms of length, but conceptually, the closing third is acknowledgement and thank you, right? Prayers, accept our prayer. Thank you for all the miracles. You've given us this amazing blessing and continue to give us the blessing of Torah, shining face, grace, and peace. Those are the three brachot. Okay, so... First of all, are there any questions about the layout of them? If there's anything you don't understand, feel free to ask that now, because I know that it's confusing because of the layout, because of all those insertions, which interrupt the just visually they interrupt the flow. I just want to make sure everyone gets the layout. Okay. If you're you're embarrassed to ask now, but you want to ask later, that's okay. All right. And does everyone understand? The section, the overview of that section. This is why that section is called acknowledgement. You accept our prayers. And we thank you for all your miracles. You gave, you give us these phenomenal blessings. That's the, those are the three units of the overall thank you. So just to step back, Joanne, I'll get to your question in a moment. So just to step back then from the whole Amidah, the first three brachot are again, and it is described in the Talmud, and this may or may not resonate with you, right? As an audience before a monarch, that, that's how it's envisioned. You 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 have your requests. You know, I need my fields back, and someone owes me a debt, and oh, King, will you please enforce the law? It's the ancient equivalent of like you know going to court. Um, um, is so. First of all, you praise. So we say, you know, we're related to these ancestors and you are the God who does amazing things, including causing the rain and the wind and resurrection of the dead and giving life to everything. And you are holy. That's Avot, Givurot, and Kedusha, the first three blessings. Then we have our 13 specific requests for all sorts of things. Um psychological, spiritual things like re- accept our repentance and physical needs like healing and protection and uh, uh, parnasah sustenance and communal things like ingathering of the exiles and good judges and tear down the bad guys and build up the tzaddikim. And we conclude it all with shomeat filah, which is the sort of wrap-up, it's not about anything in particular, we have 12 blessings about where we're requesting particulars, and then the 13th Shomei Atfilah, which is kind of the wrap-up, you know, all of our prayers, and if there's anything we forgot to add, you can add it in Shomei Atfilah, and you can add your individual prayers in any of those 13 brachot that pertain to that subject, right? So that's why we say a Misha Berach for healing, right? I would encourage people, by the way, to say your own personal Berach. For healing as it is printed in the Sidur every single day for the people who are on your personal list. Okay. As well as adding whatever you want. I'm looking for a job. My kid is looking for a job. You know, I'm worried about my retirement income. All that belongs in Parnassah, All right. Et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end, after we've requested our requests again, imagining in the court of the monarch. Then we say, what do we do? We say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then we don't turn our back on the monarch. We take steps backwards. We'll get to the steps on another week. I'm not going to talk about them today. And then our audience is over. So the Amidah is our audience before God on weekdays for the, and, and, you know, because the main thing is in the center, always, literally. So what's the main purpose of the Amidah? Main purpose of the Amidah is your opportunity to contemplate and ask for your own needs okay um and someone early in the rabbinic era wrote this out and schematized it to be 13 blessings of your own needs prefaced by three blessings of oh you are great followed by three blessings of thank you hear our prayers all our miracles that we already have. And uh, we, we're we blessed by the Kohanim or the Chazan and we receive your blessings and we want to continue to receive your blessings. That's the structure of the weekday Amidah. I will now pause. Okay, we'll get to Eloheinitzur, I think next week. Okay, Joanna first, and then any question or comment? You're muted, you're muted.
1: When you began this whole summary of, end of the Amiba, you mentioned that there were no bakashot in Modi. That it's truly a thankful prayer.
0: I think so, yes. Did I miss something? Oh, I uh, think yeah. I
1: think in the when in the repetition, when the reader does it out loud, in the yeah. paragraph that we say silently, right, we, it starts as a Bakashot, as a, a thing. Then that, line that begins with Kane to me reads like a Bakashot. Yeah,
0: you're right. Correct. So the silent modium, sorry, the individual modium, which we say to ourselves, you know, there's an argument in the Talmud about what the text is of modium. It's one of these arguments about do we do this or do we do that? So the answer is, of course, we do both. So the solution is while the Chazan says their modium allowed in the repetition, we say our individual modium, which means if you're davening alone, individually or without a minion, or without a Hazarat shots, you don't say that individual modim at all. But you're correct, Joanna, there is a request in there. to Just as you kept us alive till now, please keep us alive. So yes, we did get a, a request in there. But again, it's all phrased in the plural. And what that would mean is if you had some additional personal bakasha, you should not add it in there. Individual bakashot go only in the and changes of wording go only in the 13 brachot or in Elohai Nitzor, which we will get to, I think, next week. So you're right. There's a bakasha in each one of the three. We're asking for something. Other question, comment, thoughts. So the Amidah is I uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's an opportunity every day to um, have personal time with God. Um, to ask for what you need. Um, and before you ask, right? You know, before you ask, mommy, always, you know, you say you're a good mommy. My 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 kids do this sometimes. You know, you know when they're gonna, you know, a big ask like you've always been supportive and you're a really great parent and you've always supported my endeavors and then it's like will you pay for half of my ticket to fly to berlin to visit a friend (laughs) you know and then it's like you know thank you i really appreciate it right so on a very human level um there is actually a child who has brought up half of a ticket to Berlin. For we said, no, I don't want that for Hanukkah. I want a ticket. I want to want you to pay for part of my ticket to Berlin for Hanukkah. Um, So you know, it's again, this is described, um, and this troubles people sometimes that in biblical, in general, in biblical and rabbinic thought, in general, in biblical and rabbinic thought, not philosophical thought, not kabbalistic thought, not not modern theology thought, but in rabbinic and biblical thought, God is conceived of in very personal terms as a sort of all powerful deity who has a personality and a relationship with us. Okay. And this is the relationship part is we're coming and asking for our needs. I'm praying for so-and-so who is sick. I'm worried that I don't have enough money in the bank i'm worried about bad government and or evil terrorists and um the harm they cause to the world okay and uh, this is our opportunity to uh every morning not every morning three times a day to kind of meditate on you know what our needs are which is to say things that we hope for and pray for that are beyond our soul ability to control, okay? I don't pray to God that I'll be able to save this recording to the cloud so that it can go into the Betham chat button, right? Because I feel like, oh, that's going to be totally under my control because I don't contemplate, you know, God forbid, that I would have like a heart attack within the next – three minutes and not be able to pull it off okay so i don't pray to god for that right but i pray for the things that are not fully in my control and you know what that you know what that means theologically and does god answer prayer and is anyone listening you know uh that you know that's that's why we have you know rabbi rembaum teaching theology classes this is not a not a hardcore theology class, this particular Siddur class, because we don't have time for that. Okay, that's the structure of the Amidah. This is where the statutory, meaning required by Halacha, is where the statutory Amidah ends. Baruch atah Hashem, mm-hmm. bashalom, a main period, end of story. Then there's this individual prayer, Eloheinitzor, tacked on at the end, and why is it tacked on at the end and how to get to be tacked on at the end i think that is what we will go on to next week but i think we're done after many many months talking about the statutory Amidah. anyone have any more questions comments i yes, hope it's, uh, hope Ali, it's been illuminating just, yes jonathan can you just repeat again when you do the different the two different modes okay so modim is at the bottom of page 41 in the slim, and thank you for asking, and on page 118 in the sim, in a smaller font, okay, and you do it following the instructions. When the reader recites modim, meaning when you're listening to a repetition of the Amidah, the chazan says modim, and you as an individual say a different version of modim. You say it softly in an undertone. The chazan is actually, I think it's incorrect that they're chazanim who fall silent here. I believe the chazan is supposed to say this aloud because it's the repetition of the amidah, but they should say it aloud softly so that they don't confuse you when you are saying your individual modim. So in the repetition of the amidah, while the chazan is saying the big font modim, you recite, you meaning every individual in the kahal, recites the small font modim. And by the way, this is what we do in all Amidas when there is a Chazarat Hashat, which means weekday shachrit and mincha and Shabbat and festivals and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So there's no variation, as far as I know off the top of my head, in that individual modim. So that's the individual modim that we're supposed to say sitting in our seat. By the way, and because when you acknowledge God, um, this is one of the places you bow. And when you're standing, you say, modim anachnu lach. Actually, that's wrong. It's You're actually supposed to be up for the word Hashem. So it's technically, if you look in the halacha, it's modim anachnu lach. She'atahu Hashem, right? So you're supposed to be up on the, what is that? The fifth word or the sixth word? One, two, oh. three, four, five. The sixth word. So you're up for Hashem, just like when you go Baruch Atah Hashem, okay? So it's Modim Anach Nulach She'atahu Hashem. So because you bow at the beginning and end of that bracha, by the way, I didn't say that, I forgot that. And also at the end of the bracha, so Baruch Atah Hashem, Hatov Shimcha u'lachana El Hodot. So you bow in the in the statutory Amidah four times, beginning and end of the first bracha, Avot, way at the beginning, and beginning at the end of Modim. Why in Modim? Because Modim is the bracha where we say thank you for all your miracles. So it's just kind of an intuitive thing. You say thank you. You bow to the king, the monarch. Um, so because you're supposed to do that also in your modim you'll see that people who are sitting sort of get up a little bit and bow okay so you're technically you're supposed to really stand up and bow but you know they you sort of get up and yeah. I think everyone knows what i mean right you're, you're you're sitting right so people go sort of like modim you know they kind of get up a little and they do the bow and then they sit back down michael Yes, I noticed that you bent your knees and then bowed at the waist. And I had come to understand that for Modin, you only bend at the waist. I don't know. I'd have to research that. Thank you. It's a good question. I actually don't know the answer. It could be maybe you, maybe, um, you're right because, um, the other three places where you bow are a baruch and baruch is related according to some people and midrashically to berech, which means your knee, that's probably not the original meaning of Baruch, okay? Um, but uh so maybe, so Baruch is taken to mean we bend the knee, which again is sort of a midrashic understanding of it. So that would make sense. I would guess that the answer is there are different customs, but I'll work on researching that, Michael. Thank you. Um, but I always used to think it was modim anachnu, then up for lach, just like baruch atah Hashem. And then I read in the halacha, nope, you actually have to be up for the word Hashem, but you bow up until that point. Mm. Okay. But again, no doubt there are different customs about that. And I, I I can look into that some more. Okay, let's wrap it up for today. And we'll talk about Eloheinitzur next time. If there are any lingering questions about amida structure or anything like that feel free to bring them up in in future weeks not our last opportunity last thing i'll say of course is it's only on weekdays that we're supposed to bring our date our quotidian concerns before god on shabbat and festivals we're not supposed to be having audiences for the king asking for a job right um and so the middle section of the Amidah, which is Bakasha, is replaced with other things, right? So on Shabbat, it's one long blessing. There's only one Baruch Hata Hashem in the middle, which is about essentially Menucha. It's about Shabbat. On festivals, it's about joy. On Rosh Hashanah, it's, um, it's, Four blessings, cause, well, no, it's, th- it's three blessings, right? Malchuyot Zikronot, and Shofroot, the themes of the day. um on Yom Kippur, I guess technically, it's all one bracha, I think. There's only one barucha Tashem in the middle, right? So in other words, on Shabbat and festivals, the middle section of the Amidah, which is normally 13 requests, during the week on weekdays is replaced with one or more brachot, which are not requests. Okay. Which are about the theme of the day. Right. So the audience that we have before the monarch is we acknowledge the monarch first three brachot. We talk about the theme of the day on weekdays. The theme of the day is I'm going out to the world and I need all kinds of stuff. Okay. Um, and then we close with the same three brachot, whether it's, um, whether it's, uh, weekday Shabbat or festivals. Okay. So it's the middle section of the Amidah, which changes from weekdays to Shabbats as uh, Shabbat festivals, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, etc. All right. Let's wrap it up today. Everyone have a great day. Be Torah and God willing, I'll see you next week. That I pray for that I won't have the big one in the next three minutes before I save the recording, I don't worry about. But between now and next week, you know, should pray that we should all still be here. Okay, have a good day. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts.